Hi, thanks for listening to C3 Hobart Online. The following message is part of our series called The Jesus Agenda, where we are looking at not what would Jesus do, but what did Jesus do. We hope you enjoy this message. Amen. How good is it to be in the house of God? Hey, thanks everyone. Have a seat. It's great to see you all this morning. And if I haven't met you yet, my name is Alicia. I get the privilege of standing up here maybe once a month or so, and you get the privilege of listening to me. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> uh, just kidding. Right, we have a new series that we are undertaking uh, over the next period of time, and it's the Jesus Agenda. What did Jesus do? You know, it's so important that we actually understand what the life of Jesus was all about. It's actually fundamental to our understanding of our faith that we know what his birth, his life, his death and his resurrection actually meant. So this series, we're going to talk about the life of Jesus, what he did. And I'm hoping this morning that something absolutely incredible happens. I've been standing down there in worship all morning with tears in my eyes. Because when we encounter Jesus, something changes. Things are never the same. And this church stands here solely for all of us to experience the life-transforming power of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. That's what we're here for. So uh, I'm going to get stuck into it. Luke chapter 19 if you've got your Bibles with you this morning. And this is the story of a guy called Zacchaeus. Now, I want to know who thinks it's Zacchaeus and who thinks it's Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, hands up. Zacchaeus, right, I'm going with Zacchaeus. Okay, good one. There's nothing more annoying than a preacher who says a word like you don't. Has anyone ever thought that? It's like, you don't say that word properly. So I just thought I'd take a vote. So we're on it. We're on Zacchaeus. Now, I can relate to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. I'm an accountant, you know. And Zacchaeus was short. Yeah. Yeah. Who loves a good story about a short person? Amen. Let's read it. (laughs) I don't know if he was loud. We just keep that, you know. But short is good. Short, great things are in short packages. Amazing things come in short packages. Right, let's read together. Let's go. Verse number one. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And a man there by the name of Zacchaeus, he was the chief tax collector and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd. I've never experienced that myself. (laughs) So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save that which is lost. 
Amen? This story is about a story when Jesus was on the earth, when he was walking through a town called Jericho. And I find this story interesting because of all the stories that the Bible tells about Jesus walking through this earth, this is one of the stories and one of the only stories where he didn't perform a physical miracle, but he performed a miracle of the heart. So often when Jesus met with somebody, he would physically heal them and lives would be transformed through through physical healings, physical miracles. But this time, he sees a tax collector sitting up a tree and something incredible happens. See, Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector. He wasn't just a tax collector. The Romans used to assign people to be tax collectors and they used to come round and knock on your door and ask for the money. Imagine paying your taxes that way. This guy was the chief. He would have been extremely wealthy. They collected, they took part of the taxes that they collected off the people and kept them for themselves. And yet here we find Jesus who's walking through an enormous crowd, thousands and thousands of people. He could have spotted any single person in that crowd. And yet... He looks up and sees a guy sitting in a tree. And Jesus stops. It's amazing how Jesus sees you in a crowd. It's amazing how Jesus can see where you are right now in this crowd. And he can be walking through thousands and thousands of people. And yet he sees this short guy sitting up a tree and he stops and he says I'm coming to your house Zacchaeus come down I'm coming to have lunch (laughs) and Zacchaeus gets down out of the tree and he walks up to Jesus and then he says something really odd he says Lord, today I'm giving away half my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody, I will repay them four times. And then Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house. Okay, I'm lost right about now. Anybody else? If somebody asks me to lunch, if you ask me to lunch... And I walk up to you, I usually say, thanks for the invite. Let's go and get some food. Yeah? Zacchaeus didn't even, he didn't come down and say, have a normal reaction. He came down out of a tree in front of thousands of people. This is a guy who was wealthy and had high standing in this community. Probably not very much, wasn't very much liked. But he comes down and he stands before the presence of God which was Jesus, God in the flesh. And all of a sudden, this enormous reaction, I give away half my wealth to the poor. There was an extraordinary moment when he got in the presence of Jesus. An extraordinary response 
to the man of God. There was an extraordinary repentance moment that came over Zacchaeus. In the presence of Jesus, not only was he reminded about his failings as a human being, but he didn't stay there. He didn't fall on his face in a, in a feeling of guilt. He stood in front of Jesus and the repentance moment flowed out of him as a generous, loving response to others. Repentance happens when we stand in the presence of Jesus. You see, what Jesus actually did and what we need to understand in this series is the life, the death and the resurrection. That means Jesus coming back to life after he died on that cross. What was all that about? We have to fundamentally understand what that was about. And what that's about is salvation. His life and his death and his resurrection is salvation to us. What is salvation? It is the deliverance of of us, the deliverance of us from sin and the consequences of that sin, which was eternal separation from God. That's the story of Jesus. There was a penalty to be paid for our sin. Our sin had separated us from God for eternity. We had one road forward and that was right to the pit of hell. And Jesus came onto this earth and walked through this crowd and died on this cross and rose again to say, no, that's not the path. There's another path. (laughs) Through my sacrifice... Through Jesus' sacrifice on that cross, he changed the whole future of humanity. Faith in Jesus Christ and the acknowledgement of his death and resurrection is the only way our sins can be forgiven. There isn't any other way. There isn't any other way to salvation other than through Jesus Christ and him crucified. Romans 6 says this, Romans is an incredible book. We should do a Romans thing, Sean. Romans, I just don't have time to go through Romans today, but Romans 6 says that we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. What a powerful scripture. We're no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. So when Jesus died on that cross, we actually got set free from the power of sin in your life. And since we died with Christ in verse 8, we know we will also live with him. So his death defeated sin. His resurrection gives us new life. Romans 8 says, So now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, The power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So when Jesus died and he was resurrected and he went to be with the Father in heaven, the Holy Spirit came down and through the Spirit of God, we are freed. We are given a new life source to the center of our being to overcome sin on on our daily walk in life. Yeah? It's so good 
The message of the gospel is the most incredible story you've ever heard. So Jesus not only brings us salvation for eternal life when we first accept Jesus Christ into our lives, but he gives us ongoing everyday salvation and ongoing everyday sanctification and change in our life, transformation by overcoming the power of sin in our lives. That's what he does for us on a daily basis. There is an ongoing process in our lives. We don't lose our salvation. Once we have accepted the free gift that Jesus Christ gave to us, we don't lose that salvation. But who knows that I'm not perfect? Anybody else here? So there is an ongoing journey that we take before God as we walk out our salvation every day. There is an ongoing process of just confessing to to God and accepting that ongoing forgiveness of Jesus Christ for our sins all day, every day. And what that does is gives us the transforming power of Jesus Christ today to overcome the power of sin in our lives. That's what he did. So here we have Zacchaeus standing before Jesus in real life. And there's so much more to this story that I'd love to know because it's a pretty short story. Ha <laughs> ha, did you get the pun? <laughs> Marcel, actually quick on the uptake. This is a short story. But what I don't know is why Zacchaeus went down there that day to see Jesus. Why did he go? Was he slightly interested and intrigued about who this Jesus might be. He didn't have to go. He was an important person. Had all the money that he needed in the world, wasn't sick, apart from being short, had most of the things going for him in his life. He didn't need to go. I wondered if Zacchaeus was sick of himself. Anyone ever get sick of yourself and your own limitations? Ever sat on the couch and played with your phone for long enough so you could forget about what's not working in your life? What if, despite the good things in Zacchaeus' life, he had a deep dissatisfaction with himself? What if he had a desire for something to be different? Maybe within himself he was tired. Tired of knowing that what he did for a job took from others. Maybe he was tired of seeing injustice. Or maybe he was tired of living a life that lacked purpose. Maybe he was searching to see if Jesus was the one they said he was. And who knows what else was happening in Zacchaeus' life? The broken bits. Maybe he was rejected by the community. Nobody likes a tax collector. Maybe he was bad at relationships. Maybe he was living on his own. He'd go home every night just to himself. Maybe he was sick of threatening people, tired of living a driven life. It was all about his work. 
so many aspects of a broken life that I think we could relate to. If we were really honest with ourselves, how much of what we just palm off as that's just who I am? Do you really know, if you are really honest with yourself, that that's not what God wants for you? If you are really honest with yourself, what traits and habits do you have that you know are sabotaging your life? Maybe in your walk, you're tired of your angry outbursts that seem to destroy your family relationships. Maybe you're sick of being addicted to social media and flicking through your phone for hours and hours at night so you don't have to think about your real life. Maybe you're tired of feeling guilty that you can't be the mum or dad that you want to be, especially when your kids need you. Maybe you're tired of being everything to everyone. Feeling like a failure, maybe, because you haven't been able to live up to the relationship you know you want to have with God, this Christian walk that you know you want to live, you just can't measure up. Maybe you're so sick of working so hard and not seeing any financial result. Tired of wanting to be loved, so you pick the wrong boys, the wrong guys, they hurt and use you. Sick of living in fear, and insecurity and never stepping forward to take that next opportunity. Tired of trying to compete, trying to be the best, putting on a face that's not yours. Tired of overanalyzing everything in your life for so many hours that you can't sleep at night. About a month ago, I was preparing for this, for my last message. And uh, I've got nothing much to whinge about in my life, if I was truly honest. But uh, every now and then, I need a good whinge. And I was uh, sitting at my computer, and I was under a fair bit of pressure from a number of fronts, and I was praying, God... Can you fix my marriage? It's just all Mark's fault. (laughs) God, can you help my kids? Just be so nice if I could come home and there was peace and tranquility and angelic children saying, Mummy, could I get you a cup of tea? (sighs) Can you fix my workplace because I'm so sick of working with morons? I mean, how hard is it? Just get me what I ask for. When I ask for it, it's not that hard. I know none of you can relate to this at all. And uh, anyway, I have, whenever I'm preparing for a message, I always have uh, worship music on YouTube turning through. And YouTube has learnt, because of artificial weird intelligence and big data, about the type of music that I like to listen to. And and so it creates these playlists for me. And this song that I had never heard, Stevie and and Steve, I'll get you to come up. This song I'd never heard came on. 
And it was like the Holy Spirit just went, stop. And I stopped and I listened. And a song that Stevie and Steve are going to sing for me today talks about an inner desire to be different. Something to change. And in the outline of the song, Micah Tyler, who wrote it, he tells how God spoke to him through a song, through this song that he wrote, in a season of his life where his grandmother had been and his brother were fighting cancer. A hurricane had come and wiped out his house. Now that's (laughs) that's a bad week. And uh And he was praying for those things. God, and he says this at the start of the song. He said, Jesus, can you just change these things? Can you stop the cancer? Can you stop the storm? Amen? Who's done that? Can you just stop it? But Micah said this, but he's chosen not to stop these things just yet. And I'm finding out that sometimes the best question is not, Jesus, can you change these things around me? But instead, God, can you change me? so that I can handle the things you're walking me through. And he says, so he kept singing and kept praying and believing the words of this song because he knew that God was changing with Jesus. And that was making all the difference. And it changed his life and his heart. In verse 3 of that song, when the Holy Spirit came to see me at that moment on my desk, says, I don't want to spend my life stuck in a pattern. I don't want to gain it all but lose what matters. What did Jesus do? What did he do? His life demonstrated the transforming power of God to humanity. His death once and for all paid for all sin, for every person. His resurrection gives us freedom from the power of sin and death and restores our relationship with God both in this life and for eternity. What is Jesus doing today? He's transforming lives. Zacchaeus wanted to be different. He wanted to be changed all of him was gone and all that remained was a fire so bright that the whole world could see that there's something different so come and be different in me salvation is ours every day And it doesn't matter at what part of your life that you're failing in right now, what part of you is imperfect. The restorative power of Jesus Christ in your life makes all the difference. And our job is just to stand before Jesus, to feel His presence in our lives, to repent of the sin and the times that we've missed the mark, to repent of our failures, but then to move on and receive the life-giving power of the Spirit of God in us to do something different tomorrow. Amen? His mercy to us is new every day. 
And I don't want to spend my life stuck in a church, stuck in a pattern. Amen? I don't want to see us turn up every Sunday. I want us to know what Jesus did. I want us to live out the transforming power of the Spirit of God every single day. I don't want to be the mum that I was yesterday to my kids because yesterday's mum's not quite good enough, but tomorrow's mum is the step that I'm taking. Amen? I don't want to fail at work, but sometimes I do. You know what? It's okay. Tomorrow His mercy is new every day. God, You are transforming me into the image of Jesus Christ and I am going to step another step tomorrow, empowered by the Holy Spirit in my life. Jesus will stop in a crowd and He will see you. And He will point to the thing in your life that is not what He intended for you. And He will say, hey, come down here. I'm coming to your house and we're going to break that chain off your life and we're going to leave you different. He will spot you in a crowd. Let's just close our eyes. Jesus, I just thank you right now that you see us today. And God, I pray right now for people who are sitting here today that don't know you on a personal level, that have never said, Jesus, you died for me. You died to take the sacrifice, to be the sacrifice for my sin. And yet that's what he did. And you can just accept and receive that free gift of forgiveness today, right now. No strings attached. Free gift from Jesus Christ to your life. And right at that moment, you will be forgiven for all eternity. You will be going to heaven to live with God for the rest of the whole of eternity. And today in this life, you will be restored to your heavenly Father. You will be brought home. If there's anyone here this morning, I'm going to ask you to do something. I just want you to raise your hand and then you can put it down again. We're going to pray with you at the end of this service. I want to pray with you because I promise life will be different when you experience the power of Jesus Christ in your life. Is there anyone here this morning? You know that's you. You've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life. You just put your hand up right now. I'll acknowledge it and you can put it down. Just looking across the auditorium this morning. Is there anybody here that wants to do that? Is there anyone here that wants to do that? Maybe you've been away from God for a long time. Maybe you knew what that was like. And life's taken a series of paths for you and you know you're away from God. You know that you're not where you need to be. If there's anyone like that here this morning, put your hand up. I want to pray with you too. Is there anyone who wants to come back this morning? You once knew Jesus, you know you're away and you want to come back this morning. Just raise your hand. I'll acknowledge it. You can put it down. Is there anyone here this morning that wants to do that? Thank you. I see that hand. That's beautiful. Amen. Let's stand up. It's my prayer 
And I know it's Sean and Morella's prayer that this series of what did Jesus do would transform your life so you're never the same. Right now this morning, we're going to pray for those areas in, in your life that need to be transformed. So I'm going to open this altar call. You don't necessarily even need to tell anybody what you're coming for. It's between you and God. But if there is something in your life that you know is not working, that you're tired of it, that you're sick of it, that you're sick of the way you operate in some things, that you want something to be different in an aspect of your life, I want you to come down to this altar right now and we're going to pray and believe that the transforming power of Jesus Christ on your life is going to make a difference this morning. Amen? So just come. I'm going to get the worship team to sing, but the presence of God this morning, if He can do in me what He did the other day, I know He can do it in you. I know it's just going to take you coming out of that red chair. It's going to take you coming out of that tree and standing in the presence of God for Him to be able to say to you, something is going to be different this morning. Something's going to be different. It's not going to be you to fix it. So many times we struggle with things in our lives. We struggle with our personality traits and our frustrations. And they've been with us for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. It is the transforming power of God's Spirit that makes the difference. It is an encounter with Jesus Christ that makes the difference. And so if that's you this morning and you want something to be different, I'm going to pray right now across this altar call. Come on, there's still more people here and you're still sitting up the tree. If Jesus looks at you across a crowd and says that's you, come down from the tree. Come and stand in His presence this morning and say, you know what? I don't want to sit in this, in this spot in my life anymore. I don't want to spend my life stuck in a pattern. I don't want to gain all this stuff that I'm striving for and lose what matters. I'm going to come out of my tree this morning and I'm going to stand in the presence of Jesus. I'm going to leave it open for one more minute because I feel like there's, I feel like there's people here this morning that Jesus is talking to about this older. What are you wrestling about? There is nothing that is more suited to you, that is more life-giving than what God has intended for your life. Nothing else. You can battle on. You can turn up every Sunday. But until we get our heart in the posture of responding to Jesus, nothing's going to change. I'm just going to give you one more minute. I'm not mucking around with this altar call because... feel like the Holy Spirit is going to do something extraordinary. As He's beginning to work right across this altar right now, as you just stand there. And as Eleni said this morning, as we just get really honest, just get really honest before God, 
Come on, own your own stuff. Be honest. Be honest about those things that you've been praying for that you want changed. And yet God is saying to you, I'm not going to change that until you start to change. Come on, let's get really honest before God this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening. If this message has impacted you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us at c3h.life.